Hi Bother Brigade, here's what's bothering me today. As you can probably discern from the title, I'm likely to get into a bit of trouble with this one. So here's some background for me personally. My mom's side of the family, basically half of it is descended from the earliest possible Quebec settlers, okay? We were on Ile d'Oléans in the earliest of possible days. There's even supposedly some allegations that one of our ancestors was even on one of the ships with Jacques Cartier, okay? And of course, we still have lots of family over in Quebec. I grew up and went into a French immersion school system because my mom felt it was important to be in touch with my heritage. And I have also lived and worked in Quebec at numerous times throughout my life, both as a child and an adult. And this is my dad. And I also want to be incredibly clear that this is not an attack on all Quebecers, nor is it an attack on all Afrikaners. But there's definitely going to be some rather difficult stuff we have to deal with. So content warning for racism and just a ton of depressing information about what happened both in this continent and in Africa thanks to the British and the French and the Dutch and why we all have to live with the consequences of it now here in Canada. So what spurred this likely to be demonetized video was what happened at the recent Quebec leadership debate because Quebec is having a provincial election and unfortunately the following happened. So right now there's an ongoing debate in Quebec about academic freedom, especially if you should be allowed as a white person to say the N-word in an academic setting. The number one example that gets raised time and time again is a 1960s book related to the FLQ crisis called Blanc d'Amérique. In English, it's known as the White N-Words of America. We're gonna get into that real quick, but first, here's what happened and why I'm pissed off. During a segment of last night's TVA debate, Sovereignist Parti Québécois leader Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon dared left-wing Quebec Solidaire spokesperson Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois to say the title of the book out loud, because academic freedom, you see, and Nadeau-Dubois did, because you can't chicken out on a dare. So, first off, you can absolutely chicken out on a dare if it's a stupid dare to be racist. And yes, I am of the viewpoint that it is racist to say these things even in an academic setting, and I'm going to explain in excruciating detail why. And first off, it's also another part of Quebec history that proves that this whole thing is a freaking farce, okay? So, the book in question, it is genuinely a fascinating read. More people, Canadian or not, should read about it because there was an FLQ person and the FLQ was a terrorist organization that sought to actually have Quebec be independent and they saw terrorism as a way to achieve that goal. One such member ended up actually going into exile and hiding amongst members of the Black Panthers in the United States. And so that brings up that very interesting question of solidarity across racial lines, right? Like, you know, I don't see color, but in the best possible way, kind of, is what some people would get at with regards to this and why, you know, hey, for academic purposes, you should be able to say these words. It's the same reason why, you know, hey, maybe you shouldn't ban, you know, the tales of Huckleberry Finn or whatever, because, hey, it's kind of problematic, but, you know, you kind of need to talk about these things. And sure, you can talk about these things, but you still shouldn't actually say the n-word precisely because as that whole like you know the english translation implies that white quebecers are somehow like the black people in the deep south of america right here's why that's a bunch of bullshit 
As some of you will remember from our Black History Month series and the Dark Side of Canadian History series, there has been a 200 century history of slavery in this country that we do not talk about. A great portion of that was also in Quebec. In fact, it was a point of pride for some people in Quebec during this time that they could afford to have a black slave. In fact, one of the earliest known in like a census Black residents of Quebec was in the 1600s and it was a 10 year old boy. He was a slave. So when your own fucking history has black slavery, you are not the white n-word of America. Also, there was this thing called the Code Noir. The Code Noir was the actual honest to God textbook that was proclaimed by the French king at the time on how to actually treat and, you know, engage in the slave trade in the 1600s. It's a template for how to do slavery. Which again, I remind people, many of the slaves were black, at least in America and the Caribbean. In Canada, again, see some of the reference videos, it's even more horrifying. See, most of our slaves during our two century period of slavery, pre-Confederation, that was mostly indigenous slavery and the horrifying, like even more horrifying than that, right? They would end up talking with their various native allies and whatnot, going on slave raids, and what would happen is because they would have to go further and further afield for slaves, they had less and less exposure to European diseases. So when they brought them back to their forts, their settlements, their towns, or, you know, bringing them back overseas to the French king to be like, oh, look, see, look what we bring you, oh, noble king. They had a life expectancy of 16 years old. Most slaves in Canadian history were indigenous. The average mortality rate had them at 16 years old because of a lack of resistance to disease. And again, it was a point of pride for some of these racist owners that, it, oh, look, you know what? I'm I'm a really wealthy uh, Quebec land owner. I can afford a black slave and not just indigenous slaves. Ooh, look at me. I'm so fancy and awful. So for me anyway, and I'm hoping other people can see the point and how accurate it is that if you already have an actual legal document from your goddamn king about how to engage in slavery, and there's also slavery existing in your colonies of indigenous people, and it's a point of pride to have a black slave, maybe, you know, you're not the white N-word of North America. So with that lovely subject out of the way, let's move on to the next point, which is relevant to the title. So super quick history, before South Africa was British, it was Dutch and the British seized that from them, recognizing the value to maintain their naval supremacy and project imperialism, etc, etc. I'm skipping over a lot. This is not a racist history of South Africa video. There's plenty more qualified people to tackle that chestnut. But initially, it was inhabited by the Dutch, then the British took it over, the Dutch who were living there said, no, we don't want this, we're outsie. And that's the Voortrekkers, where they went and they set up the Dutch, uh, the, no, it's the Orange Free State and the Transvaal Republic, okay? Those were set up by these Dutch Boers. And they were very, very racist as they had been before. And they didn't like that the British would be only marginally less racist, but still incredibly vilely racist, right? And at first, the Brits were fine with this. It was like, oh, whatever, some weird pissy white neighbors were European. We're used to that. 
But then golden diamonds were discovered in the areas that the Dutch had claimed as their new republics. And, ah, oh, don't you know it? They just need that for the British Imperial Project. So this kicks off the Boer Wars. Like, again, I'm skipping over a lot. But basically... What ends up happening to the Boers, including, by the way, war crimes by the British on, like, famine and starvation and concentration camps, like, actual honest-to-God concentration camps, that then colors that white Afrikaner history. So, hey, look, I know we were absolutely brutal and terrible to indigenous African populations across South Africa, but don't you know we're marginalized, too, as white Afrikaners, right? It's those British, man, they keep you under. And so, unfortunately for me, I see a lot of overlap between how Quebec views itself as a victim of British imperialism to how the South African Afrikaners view themselves as again victims of British imperialism. And not gonna lie, there is a bit of truth to that. Boers were put into concentration camps. The Quebecois were like forcefully attempted at like being assimilated into the English project of Canada. They were very much second class citizens. So I'm not trying to downplay that. All I'm trying to argue is that even just by the own objective history, there's no actual factual basis for Quebecers to see themselves as the N-words of America. Suffering by the Quebecois and Afrikaners does not also redeem in any way or justify their ongoing abuses to indigenous populations, be it in Africa or here in America. Like, why can't the Quebecois be more like the Irish in this regard? Having, yes, genuinely been oppressed by the British second-class citizens, absolute, like, horrific history of suffering under them. Yeah, British Empire, bad. We know this, right? But then the Irish took that and went with, oh, so we're not going to try and be terrible and awful to other people, but instead we're going to stand in solidarity with them because we recognize directly, acutely, because it's a part of our history, the problems with British imperialism and racism and white supremacy. Where's that, Quebec? Instead, it's more like, oh no, we tried to have... French hegemony over the continent and it failed and then we were second class citizens. Oh man, this is just like being black in the deepest, most rural parts of Mississippi, right? So it is all just so incredibly absurd and quite frankly insulting that there are people who genuinely think that the Quebecois in any way have the same standing as black and indigenous people on this continent there is no world in which that is true and yet unfortunately this is a thing that prevails in quebecois cultural consciousness and it is also sadly now being reminded to all of us in the most recent leadership debate where again the left-wing politician decided to chicken out and do a difference like yeah sure fine uh, this gets me points or something i'll i guess i'll say a slur like absolute Unreal bullshit. Femme ta gueule, Plamondon, Carlis. So yeah, that's the unfortunate situation that we're in right now, where Quebecers still, to some extent, and again, not all, I should stop saying, you know, just Quebecers in general, but there is a segment of Quebec's population that feels that they are oppressed. And while there is history of oppression and being second-class citizens, it is not in any way comparable 
to actual slavery and dispossession that was inhabited upon the indigenous people and on black people brought over to this continent against their will. It's a very grim reminder that we still have a long way to go in terms of addressing white supremacy and how we view our history, whether we are Quebecers or Afrikaners or Canadians, however we choose to define ourselves, there is still clearly such a disconnect between the history of those who we oppressed and displaced and enslaved to those who had less of a good go at it and were not top dog in the British imperial system. Those are two very different worlds and the fact that anyone thinks that they are in any way equatable is definitely what's bothering me today.